You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Hello, church. I am so ready to start a new sermon series with you today. Uh, I really kind of felt the Lord leading me in this direction because the last three months have really been some of the most stressful and confusing months most of us have ever experienced in our entire life. And I don't know about you, but the result for me is that I've been feeling at times very discouraged. And you know, we're dealing with obviously a global pandemic and uh, the political climate is so ugly and discouraging right now. Uh, the racist acts that have been caught on video recently have been heartbreaking and, and just made me angry, honestly. And, and all of these things have just really uh, contributed to my soul just feeling weary. And maybe you can relate to this. I mean, for some of you, uh, COVID-19 took your job and for the first time in your life, uh, you had to file for unemployment. Uh, and today you just might be feeling discouraged. For some of you, COVID-19 has increased the pace of your life and, and you've been running in a higher gear and it's stressing you out because of uh, that pace that, that you're living now. And, and for some, COVID-19 has, has led to loneliness and maybe fear because we just don't know what the future holds. Well, I think a, a lack of structure has also been a part of messing up our routine that's impacting us. You know, we're working from home, Zoom calls. Uh, we haven't been gathering as a church to worship and fellowship. And, and all of that is really taking uh, its toll on us spiritually and emotionally. And I think many of us are feeling discouraged and stressed and, and our soul is a little weary. But you know what? God says no matter how bad things get, no matter how stressful life is, God says, I got you. And in, in other words, I'm with you. I won't abandon you. I'll be with you. You can trust me. Uh, watch me take care of you in ways that, that you never dreamed. And so for the next five uh, weeks, we're gonna look at my favorite Psalms in the Bible. Uh, these are Psalms that have brought me so much comfort and encouragement over the years. Uh, they've nourished my soul. They've built my faith. And my prayer is that they would do the same for you. And, and maybe as we journey together through all of this craziness, God will give us a new approach. He'll, he'll give us a new confidence, a new focus, a, a stronger faith, knowing that no matter what we face, I belong to a God who says, I got you. And so uh, today we're gonna look at Psalm 23 together. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. And uh, if you have our app pulled up on your phone, you can go to the scripture there and see the outline as well. And what I love about Psalms is just, it's so popular. I mean, next to John 3, 16, Psalm 23 is probably the most well-known and loved passages in the entire Bible. It's, it's one of the Psalms that people turn to uh, when they are feeling most discouraged. I mean, when you think about it, for, for centuries, mankind has turned to Psalm 23 for comfort and peace and, and hope. And uh, that's why Charles Spurgeon called Psalm 23 the pearl of the Psalms. And so I thought it would be fitting for us to start here today. And uh, you may not know this, but uh, this particular Psalm was written by King David. And uh, that's important to remember because uh, he faced so much adversity and so much pain. And, and yet he knew God as his shepherd, as his, as his loving father who guided him through every painful situation uh, that he faced. I mean, remember, David was the heroic giant slayer, right? I mean, he was the, the devoted friend to Jonathan. He, he loved music. He was a great king, but he was also a liar, an adulterer, and a murderer. And uh, as a father, 
where he had to go through the pain of watching his newborn baby die. Uh, He had to go through the pain of learning that his son raped his daughter. He had to go through the pain of his son betraying him and leading a rebellion against him that, that led to his son Absalom's death. And so David's journey was filled with victory, yes, but also a lot of pain and a lot of defeats. And he knew what it felt like to have it all, but he also knew what it felt like to have nothing but God. So in our passage of scripture today, I want you to learn that no matter what you're going through, you can trust God for all of your needs. And so let's look at Psalm 23 together. Here's what the scripture says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, I mean, the first thing that we see here is that the Lord is my shepherd. And, and that's, that's huge for us as we think about what the scripture is actually teaching us. The Lord is our shepherd. I mean, he loves us as a, a loving father and a loving shepherd. Now, in our culture, uh, we don't really know a whole lot of what it means to keep sheep in the backyard, sheep in the backyard, not sheeps, but sheep in the backyard. We aren't very familiar with that. Uh, but when this was written in the life of Israel, it would have been very common. And a shepherd would have been someone who really truly cared for his sheep. Uh, they would feed them, protect them, guide them, uh, rescue them when needed, and even discipline them if they were wandering off too far. And so the shepherd lived with the sheep, cared for the sheep, every single need. So he's saying, the Lord is my shepherd. He, he's the one caring for me. He's the one guiding me and protecting me. And the second thing that we really get here at the very beginning is that we are the sheep. And so the the thing about being compared to a sheep is that sheep aren't really the the smartest animals in the world. They're they're actually not very smart at all. And and they're prone to wander away from the herd. They're nervous and very uneasy animals, which means that uh, they're easily frightened and and they live in constant fear uh, in in their life. And and, and this Psalm is teaching that God is our shepherd. We are his sheep. and, And that means if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a part of his flock. And so listen, if you're lonely today, if you're worried, if you're discouraged, what you and I uh, get to experience and know is that in order to overcome those feelings of anxiety and worry and discouragement, you and I have to rest in God's power. We have to rest in his presence. We've got to stop working in our own uh, own strength, stop worrying about everything, And we've got to rest in him, knowing that he is our shepherd. We belong to his flock. And when we rest in him, there are several things that we begin to learn here. The first thing that we learn is that we find all that we need in God. He says, I shall not want for anything, right? And and so what what this means is, is that we might not be as wealthy as someone next to us, or we may not have the, you know, the material possessions that they have, but what he's teaching us is that we're gonna have everything we need. We're not gonna want 
for anything. Um, and, and so as we rest in the Lord, he not only gives us what we need, but he actually begins to shrink that wanter inside of us. That, that wanter is that desire that wants something else. I want, I want, I want. And, and that's really one of the greatest things about resting in God's love is he starts to decrease that wanter inside of our heart. Um, in our culture, it's easy to get wrapped up in accumulating wealth and nice things. And, and when you do that, God takes a back seat to your life and, and that wonder inside of you just keeps growing. I, I want that raise, I want that car, I want my kids to do this or to do that. But when you're resting in God, you learn what it means to be content. And you see, a sinner's heart is never satisfied, but a person with a heart for God dwells in the place of contentment. And so God gives us all that we need. And, and, and specifically here, he's saying that he is going to provide for our physical needs. He makes me lie down right here in green pastures, okay? So this, this is really telling us that he is me meeting our physical needs, right? And so he's going to feed us and he's also gonna lead us to still waters. So again, a physical need. So for you and I, he's gonna quench our thirst. He's gonna feed us. And we gotta remember that green pastures weren't easy to find in Palestine. So a shepherd had to work hard to find those places to feed his sheep. And still waters were important as well because sheep were nervous animals and, and they didn't like to drink from rushing rivers. They wanted a quiet, still stream. And, and when those needs are met, the sheep then get to experience this idea of lying down, right? Uh, resting. Uh, sheep aren't gonna lie down and rest until they are fully fed and they feel completely safe. And God is saying, I am going to provide for you all of your needs, all of your physical needs will be met so that you can rest. You don't have to worry about it. God says, I got you. I'll provide so you can lay down and you can rest and you can feel safe in knowing that I am your shepherd. You see, what's, Im what's important here is that he says that he leads me, right? So it's, it's this leadership idea. And so he's not leading from the back, you know, pushing us forward. He's leading from the front. And so that means he's saying, follow me, trust me. I know where I'm going. I know the best, where the best places are. Uh, while you're following me, it might get dark. The valley might get a little scary. But if you keep trusting me, you're gonna get to the other side and you're gonna be amazed. So don't wander around in the valley and get stuck. You gotta keep following me. You gotta keep trusting in me. You've gotta keep telling yourself, God, I am trusting in you, so that's part of your prayer. You're telling God, I'm trusting in you. You're singing to God that same prayer. God, I'm trusting you. You're telling your family as you're going through that valley, God, I'm trusting you. You gotta get your mind and you got to get your body moving in the direction of trusting him. And, and then the peace of God begins to reign in your heart. God says, I'll meet all of your physical needs, but he also is gonna tell us, and, and he's telling us in this passage that he's gonna meet our spiritual needs because right here, he says that he's going to restore us. Um, so this restoration is a powerful concept. You know, God created you with a spirit, with a body, 
that is temporary, but that spirit, that soul is eternal. And that soul needs nourishment. It needs food. It needs to be exercised in order to feel satisfaction and peace and joy. And God says, I have green pastures for your soul. Uh, Those pastures are, are found in his word. His word is rich, always comforting, and and it supernaturally recharges our soul. Uh, But one of the problems with sheep is that they're prone to wander away from the flock. They are easily distracted and they stray. And and, uh, the reality is you and I are, are prone to wander as well. We all sin and we all need restoration. And so first and foremost, this word restoration means that God wants to save you through the blood of Jesus. Uh, Jesus died on the cross, taking your place, taking your punishment, but he rose from the grave, defeating the power of sin and death. So in Christ, you can have your sins forgiven and a new relationship with God is, is, is created. And, and when God saves you, he is restoring your soul. Like a, a good shepherd who leaves the 99 to go after that one lost sheep, the Lord is running and coming after you. And when you turn to him, he restores your soul from death to life. And, and some of you need that restoration today. You know, many of you are already followers of Jesus and perhaps you would, you would be honest today and you, you might say, you know what, I've strayed from God. And, and God is saying to you that when you stray, I will restore you as well. You've wandered away from God's presence, but God says, I'll restore you. I'll comfort you. I'll fill you with joy. I'll give you my presence in a powerful way. And if you turn from your sin and rest in me, you'll experience my amazing peace and comfort and joy. You know, when my kids were little, one of the things that they loved to do is play hide and seek. And, and uh, so as, as we played hide and seek, especially when they were really little, is, is that uh, they, they sometimes couldn't find me. And so when they couldn't find me, they would yell, you know, make some noise, dad, make some noise, daddy. And so I'd be hiding in the closet somewhere and, and uh, I'd hear them say, make some noise. They couldn't find me. So I'd give a little you know, and, and uh, they'd hear me and then they, man, they'd come running. And, and uh, I, I love playing hide and seek when the kids uh, were little. And I started thinking about that this week. And, and it reminded me that, you know, God is not hiding from you today, uh, but you do have to seek him. See, God, God is making noise all over the world today. Um, even with this global pandemic, God's making noise for, for you and I to hear. He's gonna speak through his word. He's gonna speak through your small group. He's gonna speak to you as you go to bed at night when it's quiet. The question is, are you listening? Are you seeking him today? And and, and you might say, man, I am seeking him and, and I just haven't heard him yet. And I would say, keep seeking because he promises that you will find him as you seek him. But I'll be honest, one of my struggles in my life is, is uh, that, that really kind of keeps me from hearing from God is, is that I stay way too busy. And uh, if you think about it, our culture is really in a big hurry. If you were to tell the truth today, I, I think some of you would basically admit that you're in a big hurry and, and uh, your life is just one big rush and, and you're tired and you're rushed because the pace that you're trying to keep right now is just so fast. And in a fast-paced culture like we live in right now, uh, we, we live in this generation where we want it now and we wanna save time and uh, we, we wanna save time so that we can 
do more. And we have all of these devices and gadgets that, that uh, help us, you know, get uh, our time back. And, you know, we can pull out our phone and we can call anybody in the world. We can share videos and receive emails and pictures and uh, watch movies and TV on our phone. Now get scores and stock information. Um, if anybody falls asleep today, I actually have an app I can push on my phone and, and it sends an electric charge to your seat, which is kind of cool. I haven't used it today, but maybe. Um, you know, with all of these luxuries and all this technology, uh, we have all of this time-saving devices. Why are we still so tired? Why is it that, you know, we've progressed so far, we're so prosperous, but we still feel so empty? If we have 10 times more material abundance than our ancestors, why are we not 10 times more content and fulfilled? Think about it for a minute. Think about the pace you're living and when you think about how this culture and the fast paced nature uh, has impacted our character, it really begins to shape uh, e even on a deeper level. Think about that. Uh, who have you become as a result of that busy lifestyle? Maybe you'd be honest today and you'd say, you know what, man, I'm just preoccupied with trying to do more stuff all the time. Or maybe you might say, I I'm just too preoccupied and I'm too busy to have genuine relationships. You might say, you know, I, I've become so filled with the noise that I can't stand to sit in silence. Like I can't even do it. It drives me nuts. Uh, you become someone who takes success and you've made it synonymous with busyness. Now, listen, the, the worst part about being busy is, is running on empty. We, we feel weary and, and our soul becomes weary and discouraged. And God says it's because your soul is running on empty and you don't even realize it. Um, you know, I think if there is any silver lining over the last few months, uh, one of them has to be that, you know, our culture in a lot of ways has, has been forced to slow down. And some of you have even spent more time with your kids and family than ever before. Uh, but what about your relationship with God? Slowing down is not just seeing your family. You need to see God. Uh, many years ago, uh, my wife and I went on a, a vacation with a, a, a friend and uh, his wife and, and uh, we were going on a cruise. So we got in the car and we were driving down to Florida and, and uh, we were driving my car. And, and uh, the thing about my car at that time is that it had a busted fuel gauge and uh, it did not work. And so you kind of had to guess when it was time to get gas, which is really dangerous. But uh, as we were driving down the road, uh, my friend offered to drive the car and, and uh, I forgot to really tell him about the gas gauge, you know, situation. And so I fell asleep. And next thing I know, about an hour or two later, he's, he's yelling. He's like, oh my gosh, we're, we were out of gas, you know, and we had to pull over on the side of the road. And, and uh, here we are, we're like two hours away from the boat. And in two hours, the boat was leaving. And, and uh, we didn't have time to just sit there. And luckily a good Samaritan came by and pulled over. He had a gas can in the back of his truck and, 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 and hooked us up. And I was thinking about that this week. And I was like, man, so many of us live our life um, spiritually with an empty tank. Uh, we're not paying attention to that spiritual tank in our life. You've been, you've been so busy, you can't remember the last time that you actually spent time with God. And the reality is you're running on empty. God says, you've got to sit down and you've got to eat. Your soul needs nutrition. Your soul needs to eat. And uh, that, that gives you the strength that you need. And, and, and you need that strength, not just to get by, you need it to be able to live a life of power and strength so that you can love your neighbor well. 
And so that you can grow into maturity, the man and the woman that God wants you to become. So we've got to check our spiritual tank today. And we got to realize that if, that if we feel discouraged, if we feel depressed, uh, if we feel like we're running on fumes, man, that's a good indication that your spiritual tank is empty. What I love about this text is that he, it says that he leads me beside quiet, still water. This water that he's talking about is the power of the Holy Spirit that refreshes us. It cleanses us. It fertilizes our soul. They are still waters. Why? Because in the chaos and the clutter of a busy life, you can't hear God. You won't be refreshed by the Spirit while you're running 100 miles an hour. See, God created you with a need for rest. And many of you don't get the rest you need. You're too busy. Your body and your soul feel it. You're too busy to pray or, or read the Bible and allow the spirit to restore your soul. And you're missing the best part of the Christian life. And listen, when your body is running on empty, you're more susceptible to get sick. I mean, uh, the stress of your life affects your heart, your organs, your mind, your immune system. Your body isn't able to fight off the bacteria and the viruses that are all around you. And, and uh, you wind up in bed resting because you're sick. See, your body is, is gonna rest one way or another. You're either gonna do it intentionally or your body will break down on you. But listen, the good news is that when your soul grows sorrowful, God revives it. When it is sinful, he cleanses it. When our soul is weak, he strengthens it. God does it. Not your pastor, not your small group leader. Can't do that. Your husband, your spouse can't do it. God does it when you rest in his power. Think about it. Are you weary today? Are you discouraged today? Are you stressed today? Are you tired of trying to get to the next level financially? Maybe today is the perfect opportunity for you to pray to God and return to the still waters of his grace and his mercy and find his power, find his strength, be encouraged today by his word and his presence. Uh, when you rest in God, you know that you have all you need in him. But secondly, as you and I rest in God, we also uh, begin to understand that we can trust in God's protection. I, I, I love this part. I know you're familiar with it. He says, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? This valley is, is really a reference to the darkest times in your life. It's when you're facing the most difficult trials. It's disease, it's pandemics, it's accidents and crime and racism and war and uh, loss of job. It's, it's, it's even death itself. And God is saying, I am with you when you are going through the valley. Some of you are, are going through the valley right now and you feel helpless in that valley. But God's promises as his shepherd, uh, as he is our shepherd, he is saying, I'm with you. Uh, he is armed and in his arm is a rod and a staff. And, and uh, David says that this actually brings me comfort. Now, why would a rod and a staff bring him comfort? And, and it's really simple. It's, it's, it's this idea that, you know, the, the, the rod was used to fight off wild animals. So uh, the rod was used to protect uh, the sheep. 
Uh, but the shepherd would also use the staff to move the sheep in the direction that he wanted him to go. So he might, you know, hit him on the side of the head or whatever to get him going in the right direction. And sometimes that's painful for the sheep, but it gets us moving in the right direction. The staff also had this wide hook on the end and, and that was used uh, by the shepherd. If the sheep fell into a hole or a crevice or ravine, he could, he could reach down and, and hook the uh, sheep and, and pull them back up. And David is saying, this is what the Lord uh, does for you. While you are in the valley, he will protect you. He will guide you to the right place and he will pull you out of the valley when you get stuck. Now, a word that I love in this passage is the word through. You might circle that in the Bible, in your own Bible. He's saying that you and I are going through the valley. Uh, In other words, we're not going to live in the valley. It's just the season. It's just the time. It's not gonna last forever. You are going to get through this valley. And he also says that as we are walking through this valley, remember that it's just a shadow of death. As we walk through this valley, it's just a shadow. Now think about that. I love the imagery here. A shadow cannot harm you. A shadow of a dog can't bite you. A shadow of a sword cannot kill you. The shadow of death cannot destroy you. Uh, Let us then, he says, not be afraid. He says, therefore, I will not fear. I know that you are with me. So I don't have to fear right here, right? I don't have to fear this evil around me because it's just a shadow. Uh, so the, the word, uh, the worst fears are those fears sometimes that, that don't even exist. They're not even real. Um, think about when you were a kid um, and you were afraid of the monster that was under your bed, right? I mean, the monster wasn't real, but you were afraid of something that, that wasn't even real. Now, some of you, uh, your worst fears are those things that you've created in your imagination. Uh, we fear what might happen or what will happen if such and such says this or does this. We fear what hasn't even happened yet, even if the threat isn't real. I remember when I was a kid, uh, my dad and I used to play football in our living room. And, and so uh, he would throw the pass and, and I'm talking little, little when I was little. And, and uh, so uh, one time he you know, threw the ball and it, it went uh, behind the chair and the couch and there was this end table right there. And uh, he tells me the story and he says, you were afraid, Trent, to go and to get the ball. And I was like, Trent, go get the ball. And uh, I was like, no, I'm not gonna get the ball. And, uh, and he didn't know why. And so he went and got it. We kept playing, it went back there again. And then here again, I wouldn't go and get it. And, and so he finally said, Trent, wh- what are you afraid of? Like, why won't you go back there and get the ball? Well, this was in the early 80s, right? And so we had this massive lamp and it had this huge like, you know, lamp shade. And, and uh, when, when the light was turned on, it was casting a shadow on the wall that I promise you looked exactly like a really terrible, mean cowboy. And so there was no chance I was going over there because the cowboy was hanging out over there. I didn't know what was going to happen. And, and of course, uh, a shadow wasn't going to hurt me. And it, it, there was nothing for me to be afraid of. But in our imaginations, in our minds, we take these shadows and we turn them into something that they are not. And God says, don't fear the shadow 
Don't let the fear of the virus, don't let the fear of the unknown, don't let the fear of all of these things that the media is telling you you have to be afraid of, don't let it cast that fear inside of you. You know, there are some real things that we've gotta be concerned about and we've gotta prepare for, but I'm talking about the things that we create in our mind, the things that we have no control over, the things that we don't know are gonna happen, these are shadows. And he says, don't be afraid of the shadow of death. Why? Because he says, I'm gonna be with you. I'm gonna be with, with you as you face these trials, even when you are facing enemies. In the presence of your enemies, he's saying, I'm going to be with you. I'm gonna prepare a table. In other words, I'm gonna feed you. I'm gonna be guiding you. I'm gonna be protecting you even when you face these enemies. And so a lot of people today are filled with a lot of anxiety for all the enemies that are out there in their life. And the news is filling your mind with millions of reasons to worry and, and, and doubt that things are never gonna get better. But when we trust our great shepherd, we don't have to worry about our physical needs or our spiritual needs or how we're gonna face tomorrow because we are simply called to trust in this great shepherd. And when you think about the word trust and then we experience all these worries, we have to realize that trust and worry contradict each other. If you're worrying today, that means that you're not trusting. And if you are trusting today, that means that you aren't worrying. You, you can't do both at the same time. And so as sheep, we simply trust our shepherd is taking us to the right place. We're expecting him to take us to the green pastures, to the pure, still waters of a content and blessed life. You see, when you're resting in God's presence, you will trust in God's protection. And then finally, you're also gonna be assured of your future. Now he says, surely goodness and mercy are gonna follow us all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, but he also says this, I'm gonna anoint your head with oil. Now, what, what is this about? The, the reality is shepherds would, would use this oil and in the Bible, oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit and, and his power. And, and uh, as we go through, right, the valley, now he's saying that there's gonna be some oil involved. And, and the reality is you will heal after you hurt. You're gonna go through the valley. It's gonna hurt. But the oil here is the healing power of the Holy Spirit. You see, a shepherd would use the oil for their sheep when they were injured. They would use the oil to help repel insects. And, and, and listen, in the same way, as we go through the valley, you're going to most likely feel some pain. But those injuries are gonna be healed by the anointing power of the Holy Spirit. That's his promise. And as we do, now we're gonna be able to experience the goodness and the mercy that's gonna follow us, not just a day or two, but he says, what? All the days of our lives. It's all the days of our lives. This goodness and this mercy is going to follow us. You, you've got to focus now on the things that God has given you. A lot of times we come to this and we say, well, I don't have any goodness. I don't have any mercy. Some of you only want to look at what you don't have. You want to focus on all the things you want to get instead of looking at all the great things that God has already blessed you with. You see, 
You will be with the Lord forever. You will experience his goodness. You will experience his mercy. And praise God, we're gonna be with him forever. You see, your future is secure. No matter what you're facing, no matter what your friend or loved one is facing today, in Christ, their future is secured. Your future is secured. And at the end of the day, uh, when, when old age takes us, when sickness might take us, if tragedy takes us, if, if your faith is in Jesus, you will leave this world and you will wake up to be in the house of the Lord forever. So let's recap today. When you and I are resting in God's power, here's what we're experiencing. You and I will be filled. Uh, you and I will find all that you need in God when we're resting in him. You will trust in God's protection. He's gonna protect you physically and spiritually. You will be assured of your future. The closer that you become to God, the more assured of your future you'll become. The more you'll begin to see the goodness and the mercy that he's already given to you, the more thankful of a person you'll actually become. So what do we need to do to really change? Like, how can we apply this to our life today. Let me give you three ways to, to do that. Three ways that you can change. Number one, if you're taking notes, admit that your pace is unhealthy. This is really the point of honesty for some of you. This is the point where you admit somehow, somewhere, something in your life has gotten a little backwards. Maybe you don't want to admit that your life is, is out of control. But the first step for you today is that if you feel stressed, worried, uh, weary, if you feel like you're running on a treadmill and you're out of breath, you've got to admit that your pace is unhealthy. It's the first thing you have to realize today. Your wife can't do that for you. Your husband can't do it for you. Your kids can't do it for you. God in your spirit today might be, might be putting a little check in your spirit, even right now saying, you know what? That's you. And that's the first step. Secondly, what we need to do is we've got to start drawing closer to God. You've got to realize that uh, the most important part of your day is the time that you spend with the Lord. This time isn't time to try to get God to love you more. It, it isn't time that you have to do in order to be a good Christian. It's a time for you to experience the power of the Holy Spirit pouring through your veins, strengthening you. And you feel his love and, and his care as a, as a good shepherd who loves you and is with you and that restores your soul. You know, an, an easy way for you to start connecting with God is to download the Bible app. And in the Bible app, you can choose one of a thousand devotions and a thousand different reading plans and, and uh, you can work your way through them. Now, some of you don't like to read, but here's the great thing about the app. It'll actually read it for you. So you could drive down the the road and it'll read, you know, right through the app. Uh, the reality is there's really no excuse for anyone not to experience the Bible every single day of their life. This is life-giving power and strength that our soul needs. We start connecting and start drawing closer to God. And then number three, we realize what's really important. Listen, as you start to draw closer to God, you start to begin to value the things that God values. And so maybe right now you don't value being a good neighbor and loving others. But as I 
connect with God, I begin to realize what's really important. And I realize that God values loving others, being a good neighbor. And that's how I get strength to do that in my own life. We begin to realize that God values genuine relationships with other people. And we stop saying, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for people and small group and discipleship groups and summer groups. And I start saying, as I draw closer to God that, you know what? God values genuine relationships. Now I am starting to adapt and have that same value in my own life. Another value that God has is is rest. God values rest. Our culture doesn't value rest. Go, 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 go. To the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. But when I understand God's values, I, I begin to embrace what he values. Then I have more to give to other people. I have more to give to my family more to give to my church. Uh, My life can become more of a blessing to other people. I'm spending time on things that God values and and my life doesn't feel so chaotic and and, uh, I I experience more joy and more fulfillment in life. I'm not trying to check all these boxes that the world says I have to check. I start to realize that that what God values is really what, what brings peace, energy, momentum, joy in my life. And that's gonna require us to slow down and to connect with God. Recognize that our pace might be unhealthy. Begin to connect with God and begin to embrace the values that God values in his word. And I promise you, as you do that, God will change your life from a weary soul to a soul that is strengthened and vibrant and on fire for the Lord. And then and only then can you be a blessing to other people. I don't know who you are, where you're at today, but I, I, I truly believe that there's some people listening that needed to hear this, that needed to be encouraged with this. And, and maybe right now, you would just receive the prayer that I'm about to pray as a prayer of just blessing over you and a prayer for you that, that you're just kind of recognizing that your pace is unhealthy. And maybe as a, as a declaration to God today, you would say, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna begin to change my pace. I'm gonna begin to do things differently. I'm gonna incorporate time with God uh, from this day forward. My soul needs rest. I'm worried, I'm anxious, I'm weary. And I believe that God has the answers. If that's you for you, uh, if that's true for you today, let me just ask everybody to bow their heads. And in the quietness of this moment, if that's you, I just, maybe just extend your hands into the air or maybe just one hand. And as a, as a sign of, of, of just commitment to the Lord, let me pray this over you all over the place, right? Wherever you are, you're receiving this prayer. God, you see and know every single hand that is raised. God, you know those who are weary, stressed, anxious today. They're carrying a heavy burden. And today, Lord, we lift our hands to you, recognizing that you are the answer. You are the hope and the only hope, God, that we can rest in today. You are our great shepherd caring for us, protecting us. And today, God, we understand and know that it's time for us to rest in you. And so, Lord, we confess our busyness, our hectic life. God, we confess our worry to you. We lay it down to you, God. And we wanna rest in your strength and power today and receive the truth of your word. May we go forward this week with a different attitude, 
with a different mentality to spend time with you and to come around your word and, and, and that truth that our soul is longing for. God, bless those who are receiving this today. Encourage them, speak to them. And I pray that you would, you would show yourself to them in a unique and powerful way this week. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.